Uh, welcome to St. John Vineyard, and welcome to another week of Orange Phase. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. And if you're watching online, welcome. Uh, we do apologize for the sound quality this week. We are missing an adapter, but we're still streaming it anyways. But we do apologize. We recognize the sound quality is not great right now, but uh, thanks for tuning in anyway. Uh, the Lord is still with you. I promise you still can learn some things, maybe. Uh, let's pray before we get started, though. God, thanks so much for today. We thank you that uh, you are still Lord of all. You are still King. And uh, God, we just thank you that, that uh, you are with us now. And God, we worship you this morning for the very fact that you are with us. Uh, God, you're not some God that's far away. That God, you're actually with us in this moment. God, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. We ask that you would do something new, something fresh in our lives. God, we, God, we believe that you want to form something in us to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. God, we continue to pray for our province, pray for our country. As we continue to muddle through COVID, God, we ask for protection. God, I just want to pray for uh, Marianne, actually, right now, Marianne, uh, who lost her dad uh, this week. God, we pray for peace in her life. And God, that I know she's watching right now online. God, I ask that you just be with her right now. We know that you're, you're with her right now. And give her a peace that passes all human understanding. And God, that even in her grieving and her hurting, she knows that you are there. God, again, we thank you that you are God and we are not, and we just worship you this morning. We love you this morning. And we give this morning over to you. Praise in your name. Amen. Um, we're continuing our series uh, this morning in a series called At the Center, where we talked about last week this idea that we follow a centered set uh, model. So we are asking people, inviting people. Jesus is calling people to the center, which is him. And there's no, uh, you have to do all these things in order to feel like you're part of the club. There's no boundary and a bounded set. Uh, but we're all in different areas of life. We're all on a journey to know who Jesus is. And we all have, we, if I were to pull everyone in this room right now, we would all have very, very different experiences in how they uh, encounter Jesus, are still encountering Jesus, maybe how they how you fell away from Jesus, walked away from Jesus, but now you're back again, or maybe you're still, I don't know, whatever you're doing, but we're, we're all in different areas. And at the center is Jesus constantly calling us, inviting us to the center and, and drawing us in. And last week we talked about that we can never assume, like the disciples did many times, that we are at the center, that we have it all figured out. And we also, but we also can always assume that Jesus is trying to bring the center to us. Sometimes we think it's the center is being very static, but we, we know that Jesus wants us to know him, and he's going to do everything he can to, to make that possible for us. He's not just standing off somewhere saying, I hope you figure it out, and I hope you solve all these, these riddles and puzzles, and, and uh, good luck. No, he's, he, he wants us to, to know him. There's also a component where we have to put some effort in ourselves too, right? Uh, the, the scripture we talked about last week in James where it says, as, as we draw close to God, God draws close to us, right? 
There's a, there's a dance there, a partnership, if you will. So this week we're talking about, you're going to get two characteristics for the price of one uh, today. Katie already mentioned them uh, already. Uh, I was going to read the scripture, but I'm not going to read it now. We've already did that <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty well. Talking about the, the woman caught in adultery. Uh, John 8, 1 to 11. So at the center of the circle, we find two more characteristics. We find two, our first two characteristics of Jesus. One is that Jesus is highly invitational. Highly invitational. Jesus is always inviting us to know him. It's kind of an overlap from last week, but Jesus is always inviting us to know him and to experience him and to walk with him and, and, and uh, pursue the call that he has on our lives. We see that uh, in, in the scripture where he calls, he talks to the woman and he says, where, where are your accusers, right? Where, where did they go? And did even one of them condemn you? And she says, no, no. And he says, neither do I. Jesus is inviting her in this moment to know him as someone who is full of grace and mercy and love and, is, and someone who does not want to condemn her. But there's an interesting second part to this verse that we sometimes maybe look over, pass over. We see this, this scripture as Jesus being, you know, quite kind to this woman. Uh, during this day and age, the penalty for adultery was to be stoned to death. That's what these Pharisees were about to do. They're about to kill this woman in the streets when Jesus shows up and steps in on her behalf. So he just, he just saves this woman's life, and he says, basically, neither do I condemn you. Very invitational, very welcoming. But he says this, go and what? Sin no more. That's also pretty challenging. That's not just, okay, well, have a nice day. I, I saved your life. Jesus doesn't just send her off at just the saving her life part, but he then says, but I also, you did kind of make a mistake there. And he's challenging her to go and, and sin no more. Now, we know it's not just that easy <laughs> to say, well, let's go, just stop, just stop sinning and we'll be done with it. But what Jesus is challenging this woman here is that her life matters. And Jesus wants what's best for this woman. He wants what's best for her life. He has a vision for her life. So not only is he highly invitational and highly gracious and highly welcoming and, and not condemning her, but he also wants best for her. And he knows that what's best for her is to not commit adultery and continue that lifestyle. And so he challenges her. He, he pushes her a little bit to say, Think about what you've done, though. Go and sin no more. 
If you look at Matthew 16, real quick, you see a great interaction here with Jesus and the disciples in classic Peter. Matthew 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he said, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? It's very invitational. He's inviting them to ask to answer this question, right? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then, again, he's highly invitational, but then Jesus challenges them. Then he asks them, but who do you say I am? Who do you think I am? You've been with me this whole time. Who do you say I am? Peter says, well, you're the Messiah, Son of the living God. And then we see Jesus again this next, in verse 17, again inviting, being very highly invitational. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not, not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So again, Jesus is inviting Peter into this call. That's highly invitational. We step on down to uh, verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. And then good old Peter. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. This is when Jesus gets really highly challenging. <laughs> Get away from me, Satan. Yikes. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. We see all throughout Scripture Jesus having these two characteristics where he's highly invitational, highly inviting us to know him, to experience him, and to pursue the things that he has for us. But also, there's always the other side of the coin, which is there's a cost to it. There's always a cost to following Jesus. And Jesus is always going to challenge us after the invite. I'm going to show you a little, little quick graph. Well, before I do that, have you ever met anyone in your own life, actually, where you felt like they were very, like, inviting, and you felt, like, very at home with them, very welcoming, but at the same time, they, they pushed you, they challenged you, they, they, they made you, they could, like, ream you out, rebuke you, <laughs> but you still walk away thanking them for it? I know a couple of people like that in my life, and I'm very grateful for them, and, like, those are the people that I, I've always wanted to be more like. Because there's something about those people that, that, that push us and they help us grow. They help us get to the next level. There's a quick story about, uh, I got a chance to do this with, one of, the, one of my um, highlights of my ministry career was uh, when I was a youth pastor in Abahawk, uh, Abahawkwe. And uh, I, I had this, we had a small group uh, within our youth ministry called Epic Youth. And basically, is we invited youth to be part of this very small group. 
Um, we cooked meals together. We hung out quite a bit. Um, we, we created this very um, great bond. Katie was part of that too. Uh, this phenomenal bond of just friendship, uh, mentor, mentee going on. But what, what was always boggled my mind about this is how much we, we always push them. We always challenge them more than maybe the rest of the youth group, this, this particular group. We, we, we wanted them to know Jesus at a, at a different level. And they wanted it. We invited them to it. We challenged them to it. And it was amazing to see these kids uh, just flourish. And, and I, just, I actually just got a letter from one of them recently. I'm not going to say who in case you're watching. Probably not. But uh, just, they wrote a letter. I haven't talked to them in years. They wrote me a letter, handwritten letter, uh, just thanking me for that time, that experience, because of how much we were able to invite them in Make them feel welcome, but at the same time, challenge them and push them to know Jesus Christ just that much more. We didn't just leave it at, well, hope you figure it out. We took intentionality behind it, and we went after it. Same thing, uh, some of you maybe have heard of my stories with my rooftop days, church planning here in the South End. One of the most formative experiences of my life. I really felt Jesus was inviting us to come and do this. I felt like Jesus was saying, I, 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 I'm going to take care of you. I want you to do it. And, but boy, at the same time, was it highly challenging. And, and maybe, yeah, it didn't go the way I had imagined it originally, but it was the most formative spiritual things of my life was to do that. Some of you may have the same uh, experiences in your life, people you know or an actual experience. Uh, I'm going to show you a quick little graph here. I am not a great graph person. So, Jesus is both highly challenging, sorry, highly uh, invitational. I already messed it up. That's an I. But he's also highly challenging, okay? The old Y, X axis going on here. Um, He's both these things. And so, in this quadrant here, this is like, prime time. <laughs> Can you spell? Whatever. Uh, when we are both highly, we feel like we're being uh, welcomed in by Jesus, and we're also being challenged by Jesus all at the same time. Let's just take our church, for example. If we're being highly welcoming, highly invitational, but also highly challenging at the same time, we will have people, we'll have disciples who feel empowered. Does that make sense? They'll feel, they'll feel like uh, they're, they're in the sweet spot and they, their, their relationship with Jesus will just go from here to here. Because in this quadrant, if you're just, how do you guys spell cozy? Okay, all right, thank you. I was looking at you specifically. I, I said everyone, but I'm looking right at you as I say that, because I know. <laughs> okay, so if we're highly invitational, but not highly challenging. If we're in this quadrant, we, get to, we tend to get pretty cozy. We get comfortable. We feel like we, we, this whole idea of like, yeah, I know that Jesus is welcoming me and he doesn't condemn me and he doesn't, um, you know, he's not shaming me. I, I feel very welcomed by Jesus, just like he did with the woman who was about to be stoned, right? He, he, he really gave off that vibe pretty heavy. But he didn't leave it there. Because if we just left it there, we get, we get cozy. 
if we're not highly challenged, highly challenged, or uh, highly invitational, we then get bored. If we have neither of those things, we get very bored. We don't feel welcome to part of anything. We're also we're not being challenged. It's kind of blah. If we're being highly challenged, but we're not being highly invitational to church, well, this becomes very stressful. <laughs> it's a very stressful environment. And most people I meet in the church world, either anyway, especially staff members of churches. <laughs> They're usually in this one. They want to challenge everything. We got to do this, do this, do this, do this. We got to go, 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 go. Because very highly stressed. And we forget about the invitational piece. But I've also been part of churches where it's so cozy and so inviting that we never actually push one another to be challenged to know Jesus. As you look at this graph, where do you feel yourself individually maybe landing? Do you feel cozy these days? Do you feel stressed out from trying to get all the boxes ticked off to follow Jesus? Or maybe you're bored. Where do you think the chur- our church lands on this graph? Don't say it out loud. You can if you want, but... If you're feeling cozy, if you're in this, in this quadrant here, maybe it's time for you to maybe create some sort of plan, like a discipleship plan. Maybe it's time to find a mentor who's going to just push you a little bit, a coach. Maybe if you're in the stressful quadrant, maybe it's time for you to maybe take some retreat time, get some quiet time, and learn how to do that really well. And rest in the fact that you don't have to earn God's love. So I find myself in this one, which I do, I often find myself in this one the most. That's what it always comes down to for me. Is I'm, I realize I'm trying to earn God's love. I stress myself right out. Here's the thing though. If you're in the cozy thing, if you're in the cozy quadrant... In order for us to get into the empowered quadrant here, here's what has to happen, though. There's going to be a season where it's going to feel pretty stressful before you get up in here. In order to make that shift, in order to, um, what's the word, uh, compensate, to get over here, it's going to feel like this for a bit before you get into this quadrant. No one ever goes from this to this. It's a learning curve that happens. Things that have to happen. Same thing with, if you're in the stressful quadrant, you're going to have to learn how to be a little cozy. This is a big old mess now. Cozy. Learn how to just rest and be before you get into the empowered section. We don't want to be, I, I, I said before, uh, I wonder what your thoughts are, where we are as a church. Great question. Uh, You have to either go to this one or this one first, basically. 
So begin to realize that God is highly invitational and welcoming and uh, or depending on your, on your personality, if you like a good challenge, go this way first. But, does that make sense? Um, I'm not bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one thing I know about you, Vanessa, you're not bored. I know that for sure. That's a great question, though. I forgot to mention that. Um, I don't think we're a, stress, a highly stressful church. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. I don't think we're quite empowered. No one's ever really fully empowered. I don't think we're bored. Maybe some of you are right now, but I think we tend to, because when I ask anyone, what's the number one thing we love about St. John Vineyard, it's usually we're such a, what, welcoming place. And we never want to lose that. But we can never get into the empowered if we don't get also the part about Jesus where he's also highly challenging. There's also a cost to following him. Faith without works is dead. Awesome. And we're so glad you're here, Vanessa. But how do we now get you, now that you're here and you feel invited, how do we just, just nudge you just a little bit more so you can experience Jesus, right? So, so, you, so you don't end up being this, yeah. right? So here's the thing. Um, we're going to close with this. We've been talking about microchurches quite a bit. Um, not quite a bit, not recently. Um, and it's been, it's been a difficult season for a lot of us. Uh, for different reasons with COVID and building momentum towards anything right now, it feels hard. <laughs> uh, we're, we're either in yellow zone or orange zone phase, whatever, and we just don't know where we're at. Sunday morning, it's hard to kind of build that kind of momentum to cast any sort of vision or anything like that around, whether it be microchurches or anything. Microchurches uh, micro themselves have a hard time even meeting right now because of going back and forth between orange and yellow, Right? So I want to say, microchurches are still a thing in my mind. I still want to come back to those down the road. Um, I really do. I think they're, they're, they're part of your discipleship plan, if you will. But here's what we want to do. So let's just put that on hold for a second, okay? So what can we do? How can we both be, how can we be invitational but also challenged at the same time? Here's what I want to propose. This is a big old... This is a big one, but I felt, I said to Courtney, like, it feels scary, but also very exciting at the same time for me to say this, which I feel like this might be a good idea, <laughs> and it might not be, but we'll see. Um, this year, our, my goal, before the end of this year is up, anyone who's interested, I'm, I'm inviting each of you individually, or as a family, I personally, along, and Katie Lynn Mansvelt would also, is going to help me with this too, create a discipleship plan for you individually, for each person in this church. So what does that mean, Andrew? It means sitting down with you and saying, okay, where are you at right now? Where do you want to be by the end of this year? And what are some steps to get you there? That's the challenge part. If that's something you're interested in doing, I would love to sit down with you and do that. Because here's the other reality. There's big church like this. This, this, this. Discipleship happens right now, in this moment right here. This is, discipleship is happening. Microchurches, there's a next level down. Discipleship is also happening there. But you cannot get any smaller than individuals. <laughs> so this is it. 
I would love to meet with each and every one of you to create your own personal discipleship plan. Katie and I will both do that. Do that. She's going to help me carry the load on that. And, I don't, and some of you are thinking right now, oh, that's, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. That's for, that's for so-and-so over there. If you're thinking that, it might be for you too. Okay? Kids are getting rowdy, so I'm going to close up. I know that's always my cue. But I, that's, that is what I want to promise, invite each and every one of you to this year. To sit down with me and Katie, and it, it sounds like it might be really scary to do, but we're just going to ask you questions. This is not a counseling session. This is not a, um, we're going to mentor you throughout the whole year. We just want to sit down with you once, figure out a plan, and then we're going to do a second meeting, get whatever, to debrief how it went. That's it. And it can be in Zoom. We can do it over the internet now. We can do that thing, not with George Ann, but <laughs> we do it over Zoom. We can do it in person, social distancing in the church here. But th- we, can, we can do this. Michael churches we can't really do right now because of COVID stuff. But this we can do. And if we can do this and build it from the ground up, woof, it's going to be awesome. Ruth is, Ruth is excited. She's pumped. All right, let's pray. Yeah, she's stressed out about it. Yeah. No, Dad. All right, let's pray. God, thanks for this day. Thank you for, again, that you invite us to know you and that you want to know us and you want us to know you. And God, you came down from your throne and came down as a child, as an infant, as a baby, to live among us in order so that you could invite us to know you. God, we also thank you that you challenge us, that you don't just leave us just the way we are, but God, you want us to become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And God, our mission here is that we are learning together to live and love like Jesus. And God, that comes at a cost, as a challenge to that, that we cannot ignore. God, we don't want to be cozy, we don't want to be bored, we don't want to be stressed out, but God, we want to be empowered by your spirit. So God, help us this coming week to think through what what would it look like for me to create a a plan for my own discipleship, to be challenged, in order to challenge myself to be more like you. God, what are some steps I could take in order to do that? God, I just ask right now that anyone in this room right now who's saying, I don't know if I want to do that, God, you would just supernaturally smack him in the head and say, I want to know you. Remind me that, that this is, you are life. And God, we should be doing everything we possibly can to know you better. God, we love you. We thank you that you are God and we are not. And be with us this week. Amen. Again, if you want to do that, uh, please contact me or Katie. Uh, you can email me, uh, call the church, whatever it may be. Um, you don't have, again, you don't have to have the internet. You can just be here in person and uh, whatever it may be. So we would love, love, love to do that for you, with you. All right. Have a great day, guys.